Welcome to the Practice Podcast, conversations probing the nature of practice. I'm your host, Dave Firon. Boy, did I have a lot of fun having this conversation you're about to hear with Bella Pina, who is two weeks into her latest role in the insurance industry at Nationwide, where she is the manager of a very large territory of underwriters who work in the construction field, creating surety bonds. Now on the surface you say, oh Lord, a whole conversation about surety bonds? No, this is a conversation about a learner, about a leader, about someone who gets it when it regard to managing her own practice. She has already laid out a game plan for the next few months, uh, moving into this new role back at the home office after working in the field for a couple of years. It's, it's so encouraging for me because I knew Bella when she was a student at my university and a member of our Traveler's Edge program. I knew that she had all it was going to take and more. You have that feeling, but now after eight years and seeing what she has made of her career, I, I just say, yes, <laughs> I wasn't wrong about Bella. And you'll hear why in a few moments. So it's my pleasure uh, to introduce you to this conversation with Bella Pina. Wonderful folks who came through Central Connecticut State University, in this instance with the Traveler's Edge program as a way of bringing really wonderful, talented kids from uh, the Hartford area through the community college to us and out into a career. And we would like to would have been in the financial services, particularly in the insurance industry. And, uh, and I think the interning that was done gave them a very real exposure to what it's all about. So let's start with that, Bella. Pina, Bella, tell us, you know, when you were interning, did is that when you started to get the feel that, hey, I could really do this? You know, so, you know, my my experience is a little different, I think, than, than some students. You know, I, I had already had a career mm -hmm. uh, working for, for 10 years. And so I was looking for a little bit more. Um, I was looking to get myself, uh, you know, basically experience the American dream and, and go to school and do all the things that my parents wanted me to do, but I fought so hard not to be in corporate. Um, and I wanted to, you know, again, 2008 happened. Um, I lost a lot of clients and I was like, okay, I need plan B. I need to go to school. Um, you know, I had a game plan. I don't know. How, I didn't know how it would unveil. And going to Capitol, I, I knew there were pretty significant connections probably within the downtown area. Again, these were just thoughts and my ideas, um, mm -hmm. you know, talk about manifesting. I didn't know that terminology then, but I was really manifesting all this in my head. Mm -hmm. and, and I wanted, you know, I'd look at the buildings. I'm like, hmm, it'd be interesting to work for an insurance company. Like, what would that be like? And, um, you know, I, I, I found the edge opportunity 
capital to crossroads program. That's right. Going through the process, nerve wracking. Uh, I was still working at full time at my other job. Mm. And, you know, how do you leave something comfortable for something new? Um, That was, it was my first experience in kind of saying, got this, everything's going to work out. And it always does. Uh, Have faith. And, and so I made the jump. I was still working at that job because, you know, you always have to have plan A, plan B and plan C in my head. Yeah. And, uh, and I met some great people along the way. Uh, I went through the rotational program and it's funny, people call it an internship and I did then too, but I'm like, this was, this was a leadership program and yes. always call it a leadership program because it, it instilled this drive in me, this networking, meeting new people um, and constantly just pushing myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had mentors along the way. And that was just the most phenomenal experience I can possibly have ever experienced in my life. Um, And I'm still friends with a lot of people from the program, even though I've left the company since. Mm -hmm. Um, Every time I make a transition in a new program, in a new department, I'm comfortable because I've made these big jumps before. Uh, They're scary. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I, I just had to say, I love that notion that what you all were experiencing through the capital program and then through the edge program with, with us was a leadership program, even though we called it empowering dreams for graduation and employment, because the primary place where leading happens is here inside you and me, we, we have the impetus to lead. Sometimes it's very quiet (laughs) and it needs to be invited out to play. Uh, in your case, I remember because you were a successful businesswoman. You had the you had a, the the salon, and you had a lot of things that you could have just done right up to this moment today. Even though it was a little different, difficult during COVID, but um, there was that that sense that you had that all right, let's see what's around this corner and what's around this corner <laughs> that I remembered back in in the day when we were all giving you our full attention. So. Let's jump right to the moment, because as you mentioned, as you made your moves and career moves, different departments, different roles from underwriting to, other, to, to this and that, what brought you to the moment where you now have a relatively new uh, horizon for your work? You remember what led up to saying, okay, Bella, now we want you to do this. Yeah, you know, it, it's funny because, you know, I wasn't looking for this opportunity um, and you know, I had I had told a, a former colleague, like, you know, I'd, I'd love to, you know, I was in a home office role before in underwriting. Um, I went on the field side. And um, in order to really understand a home office, you really have to have the field experience where you're directly with a customer. And I was doing that work for a couple of years. And I'm like, gosh, if I could go back in time as a home office person, I would do this, this, and this different. And I got a call from a former colleague, hey, we've got this opportunity it's a home office position. I'm like, someone listening to me, is there a bug somewhere? Um, <laughs> that, that constant manifestation, right? Your thoughts become reality. And, um, and you know, I, I would have been fine where I was, but I'm like, you know what? I think this is it. I think this is, you know, listening to your gut feeling. 
Um, it's extremely important where it's like, okay, this is the next chapter of my life and my career. And, um, you know, the company that I'm working for now is well it's well established. And so they're growing, I'm growing. It just, it was a perfect fit. And, um, you know, it's, it's always hard to leave um, jobs. It feels like, you know, you're, you're breaking up. You're, you know, you're leaving that relationship. There's something to that. Yeah. And it's hard, right? You leave people because you, you, you spend more time with the people you work with than um, the people at home. And so it's, it's challenging. And, uh, but, you know, I have to come to my senses. This is good for my career. This is good for my growth. And, you know, it's, it's only been two weeks. So, but I'm really extremely happy. Two and weeks. Two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> now, did you have to do a, a relocation of your residence? No, nope. I'm st- I'm in a hybrid mode right now. So I was work from home for two years. So pre-COVID, I had already gotten the work from home stuck down. Yeah. And, um, but I do miss the interaction that I get uh, daily in the office. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a perfect balance. And that was another reason um, why I left. I'm like, you know what? This will be good that I can go in the office work, you know, two to three days a week. And then I can work from home two or three days a week. And it was just perfect balance. So now at this point, as you've done a number of times, you have to kind of reestablish who you are and what you're doing, sort of take your practice to a new place, adjust your practice accordingly. But what's quite different so far for you? What have you noticed so far that's, that's different? Maybe you didn't even expect. I came in here with a game plan. I think when I, when I, when I left, um, you know, the tra- travelers and, you know, I went into a different company, you know, I, I, I kind of, w- I had a game plan, but I wasn't sure what to expect. Versus this time around, I have this game plan of like, this is how I want, I want to communicate with people. This is what I want to learn. This is what I want to learn in my first month, my first week, you know, in my first week, my first month, first three months. This is what I want to have. Like my, the game plan is a little different. And um, I'm I, I'm impressing myself. You know, at, at the end of the day, I think the most imper- important person you should impress is yourself. Yeah. And I'm impressing myself. It feels good. At, at the strategies that I have is probably going to change along the way. And that's okay. Um, and I think we, t- we talked about it earlier before we started recording, right? My confidence level when I first started this industry versus now it's, I mean, it's shot up and it, it took change. It took me kind of jumping outside my comfort zone. And that meant leaving jobs, leaving people that, you know, were, I, I was comfortable with. And, um, so that, that's really what, you know, the experience that I feel right now and yeah. what's different about me versus let's say eight, nine years ago when I was first kind of looking at this industry. Well, Peter Vale and I, had a way of thinking about practice, which talked about a person choosing uh, to pursue ever increasingly challenging results. So that's one piece, your game plan. This is where I want to land in due time. So that piece, definitely. And challenging, of course, from the eight years along, every time a new assignment came, there was new learning uh, and things to master and people to get to know and, and all of that. But it is the changing circumstances 
that brings you to the point, point where you and I are talking now. And if you can move through those circumstances and see where your practice has landed you right now in a new role, which we can talk a little bit about in a moment, it's inevitable that that's how you're changing and growing yourself. This is what Peter and I put, if we put a big underline under that. You, you accept the challenge, you go through it, you arrive, you don't know exactly, and none of us do, what's gonna be happening in that moment, and socially, economically, personally, health-wise, the weather, you name it. But we have to take it all into account. But the payoff is that we have made a change in our circumstances. We have, we have mastered the new <laughs> moment. And uh, it's got to feel good, right? You give yourself, you know, an, an extra pat uh, for that. And as I say, so many of the students that I taught, and I was trying my damnedest to bring this idea out that they could have a lot more excitement in their life if they became excited about learning. Uh, but quite a few kind of gave me that feeling, well, look, I'm fine. I'm going to just get a good steady job, a lot of routine. And, you know, I'll put my my energies around things that are more important to me, like fishing or whatever it may be. But, it, and the idea of going into a corporate job was like, oh, a corporate, that was, that was a mistake for a lot of kids because corporate provides quite a, quite a nice range of motion for someone who wants to learn. So anyway, here you are. What is your current new title? So I am um, a territory manager. Um, in um in the home office and um it, essentially i mean the title's not you know huge from my prior job it did increase from the prior prior job um so you know to me and it's funny because i've never cared about titles right um and some people are like oh yeah yeah you say that i really to me it it just yes it looks from an optic standpoint it looks phenomenal yes mm -hmm. um but to me it's it's the day in, day out, my team, my responsibilities, everything that comes along with the title is more important to me than the actual title itself. Um, well, responsibility, you just use that word. That's a big word. As you have a territory now that you're overseeing, you're, you're visualizing in terms of what outcomes are going to be achieved. Yeah, that's uh, that fills your brain quite a bit, doesn't it? It does. And, you know, having the conversations with, with my field people and introducing myself and, uh, you know, that just building those relationships. And I think, you know, when I started in um, at the spa, you know, I was meeting clients day in and day out, probably sometimes eight to 10 clients a day. And so it was all about relationship building. And I've taken everything that I've learned from my first job and it's trickled down to this job. Every experience has added on. Um, oh. I, nothing has been a waste. Wow. I love to hear that. I love to hear that. Uh, that so I've watched all of the trends carefully, even though, you know, past <laughs> my due date or sell by date is past as far as being a professor, but I still love to watch the trends. And one of the trends is what jobs are going to be in demand? Well, mm -hmm personal services are going to still be in demand no matter what uh, the person like you provided, like the person who's taking care of what's left of my hair for the last 36 years. Uh, and 
yes, he's a friend. <laughs> I've been through his health challenges. And uh, so there's a, what I'm getting at is that one of the f- most foundational trends that everyone's still looking for in the human side of enterprise is a feeling of service that, that matters, that you feel good about offering service. And, and uh, you, you pick up on that. Now, going out to your field where your product is in competition with a number of other uh, agents who provide different sources, um, does that now mean that as you're developing the way you want folks to pursue their work, that the service element is going to be very important? Yeah. I mean, the industry, this particular industry, which, which is um, surety products, right, for, for contractors, um, it is this entire industry, no matter what company you're working for, it's a relationship industry. And, you know, we meet with the clients. Uh, we understand what their jobs are. We, we look to see what, what risks we're taking, what bonds we're, you know, we're writing and issuing. And, um, you know, the field underwriters are that point of contact to the agents and the, um, the contractors. As a home office, we're kind of supporting them, whether it's meeting with them as well, a uh, second pair of eyes. But at the end of the day, it, it's all a relationship-based business. You know, it's the relationship I have with my field so that they can do their job and service the client. So really, it's, it, if you don't have that, you don't have the personality to the people personality. It may not be a fit. Maybe maybe you can make it work um, from an analytic standpoint, you know, you kind of behind the scenes sort of thing, mm-hmm. but you still can, you have to connect with someone. Um, and that's how, you know, this industry rolls, right? They might not connect with me as the underwriter, but they might connect with the next person. And that's, that's who they click with. And that's how, who they'll do business with. And it's funny how that works, right? It's like, oh, mm-hmm. okay. So that underwriter, I, I, I like working there. They're easier to work with. You know, we, we connect, we bond, whether it's, you know, playing golf, whether it's going out to eat or, you know, doing different activities. Um, but yeah, it, it's all about connections and relationships. What was it like to go when you were in the field uh, as an underwriter? What was it like to go out on a job? Uh, were you in the estimating side of the work and in competition with others? But what did it feel like when you, because your construction, it could be a huge thing, it could be a small thing, but it still requires people who really, those contractors who really know their stuff. And if, if I can project a bit, uh, since uh, my family up in Maine was all in that industry, there, I, I don't know, Dave, can I say that they had big shit detectors? Can I say that, Dave? Yes, you can say that, Dave. Uh, they, you know, they can sense when someone's not that authentic, Bill, or, the, or that they're trying to say this will what it be and then pulling a fast one and having it be more expensive or more difficult. So what did you pick up from working with all those savvy <laughs> folks on the, out in the field? You know, when you're in the field, you know, you're, you're the one that's connecting that business and writing that business and, you know, writing that premium and so when I'm meeting out with these contractors and I'm the one in charge of the meeting, it's scary at first, right? Big uh, tough guys with, with hats made of steel. <laughs> you know, the industry itself, it, it's, it's changing. Yeah. But you know, it, when you look at the percentage of women in it, it's, it's a little low. 
Um, even in the top surety companies, you know, they're trying to hang on to more female candidates that, you know, can, can do the underwriting and can meet with a client. But it's, it's challenging. Construction itself has been predominantly a male industry. And so when you're sometimes the only woman in the room and there's, you know, 10 other guys, it's intimidating, right? And um, it, it's, I, I, sorry if I'm like rambling on. Not but, at all. This is cool stuff. <laughs> and, you know, I wasn't, I'm not going to pretend that it was easy um, because you kind of have to take a deep breath and say, I've got this. You have to have these self-talks um, and just over-prepare uh, to make sure that you don't stumble along the way. And um, but, you know, as the more you, meetings you have, the more you do, it gets a little bit easier and a little bit easier. And so I've still got I'm, I'm not perfect. I've still got a lot to learn. And my goal, um, I think, in this new company is how can I help other female candidates maybe make it easier for them to onboard or maybe share with them some challenges, experience and yeah. mentor along the way? I would love to do that. And, you know, if the opportunity presents itself, you know, I'm all game. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I get that image of, of you with a, a bunch of uh, guys who are, who, who think in terms of millions of dollars in some of these projects and, and, uh, and you're just another hoop to, to, to jump over in some ways before they can get on with the job. Uh, yet if, they and you didn't get that feeling that this is going to work and there will be trust that the work could have gone to another provider or uh, the consequences wouldn't have been fun anyway. And I suspect you wouldn't be back here in home office managing a whole uh, territory if you had more losses than wins uh, out there. <laughs> you had a pretty good win column. It's it's one of those things where you just you have to look at the right risks and opportunities. And my right. final thing um, when it came to my contractors, and it, I was dealing with a lot more at the other company with smaller contractors who probably weren't savvy in bonding or had no no idea what a bond was. Mm -hmm. um, thing was educating the client and educating the agent if they were unfamiliar with the product or maybe something in their financial statement that yeah it didn't look right. Uh, mm -hmm. My is giving feedback and saying, okay, we can't work with you now. We can't do this. Try to work on this, this, and that. Um, and, you know, I, I love those type of clients because they're willing to, you know, they're coachable. They're willing to listen um, and grow. And that's the type of client that I want to work with. Someone that, that can, I can be their partner in their business. Oh, I and love that. I love that. Yeah. It's like, you know, another hoop. Um, You're not a hoop. <laughs> I re I withdraw the statement <laughs> that you're a hoop. <laughs> From I have a contractor at home, uh, my other half. That um, to him, he doesn't know the bonding world. He understands it from me, but it's just like, oh, uh, the insurance person. Oh gosh, yeah, got to yeah. impress them to get that piece of paper. And yeah. that's the you know I, I want to be better than just that i want to be like like i said a, a partner in their business that i can help them along the way yeah uh, so yeah well and you're teaching in the sense that you're showing them that with these so the win isn't the win isn't always well we got 
we've got the, we the signed the papers. Uh, the win in some cases can be, it wasn't, they weren't ready and we know why, and they listened and they'll be back. Mm -hmm. uh, and in the meantime, you've taught them more about the facts of life in this highly litigious world we're living in uh, from every standpoint. Uh, so, wow, uh, you're, you're doing a lot of learning, teaching, guiding, leading. But what about the day-to-day -day managing now? You've only had a couple of weeks. Do you have a, a budget <laughs> to, to manage and, uh, and all of the usual backroom stuff that you have to look after as well? Uh, you know, again, right now it's, it's onboarding, right? So mm -hmm. it's, you know, it's, it's just getting to know the people and, and the things. And yes, of course, there's plans and budgets that we have to meet. Um, so I'm, I'm keeping an eye on that. Um, just learning about the philosophy here, I think, is, is the biggest, um, you know, thing that I need to absorb in this first month and um, how we underwrite what, you know, what appetite, um, what risk we're willing to take. Mm -hmm. And um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be a fun ride. I'm, I'm very excited for it. I love the idea, and I want if if I had a hundred students in front of me right now, I would be up there saying, "Listen to Bella. You <laughs> you get the philosophy of the business before you go too far. You you see if the values, the standards, all of those nice words are meant, and and if they're compatible with the kind of person you are and want to grow to be." It sounds like, you know, I'm preaching from the pulpit, Bella, but wouldn't you agree that if you don't get that feel for the culture as expressed in, in its sense of how people are already talking to you, it would you'd be a, almost a mechanical job, you know, another underwriting gig, you know, da, 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 instead of, hey, I am part of this company, I'm expressing this company's values in everything I do. Yeah, yeah, I think it's so important. And you know, there's been people that have kind of like, uh, you know, I was talking to one underwriter that, you know, they're like, I've been here since 2004. I left, I jumped ship just to, you know, experience somewhere else for like five months. And I decided it wasn't for me because I really liked the philosophy of where I was. And I came back. There you and go. That, that happens at all sorts. That happens at travelers. That happens, mm -hmm. you know, that happens, you know, any, anywhere that you kind of leave for a little bit because you're like, you want to explore. But then you realize, I really like the philosophy that I was um, that I was dealing with, and I and I want to go back. And I think that's okay. I, no judgment there on on anyone if they decide to kind of leave and then come back. So the fundamental practice is underwriter. So in 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 all of the ways you've been out there since 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 you went through the Edge program, you mm -hmm. chose underwriting. You stayed in that groove. And yet that's given you a lot of latitude and, and motion. I, I used to have this terrible stereotype in my head until I started observing our own edge kids in the underwriting internships. It's not just stick, sitting there all day long, you know, running tables and, and pulling in uh, people's financials. It, certainly it's that, but there's a lot more that technology is doing about that. It is making some very human <laughs> choices. <laughs> uh, so so do you see underwriting continuing out there for you indefinitely? I, you know, I never thought I'd go the underwriting role. I remember I, I did three uh, rotations um, during my internship and, you know, they were all very different from each other. But then when I started the underwriting role, I'm like every single one of those rotations fit so well in underwriting your marketing, yeah. your 
know, analyzing statements, mm-hmm. uh, updating our IT and technology all the time. And so those are my three roles. But I mean, I deal with that on a daily basis. We're constantly updating our systems and knowing the kind of the language or kind of the challenges in when, when you're doing those updates and why things take so long, why things are so expensive. Um, you know, I've kind of had, you know, I've been a fly on the wall uh, during those one year internships that I, I can kind of empathize with um, all these different groups. No, I, I think we used to say, uh, if you took the underwriting process out of insurance, it's no longer insurance. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's the keel on the ship. <laughs> you know, all the other practices combine uh, to uh, make good on whatever the premium promises and the claims that, that are to be uh, met. But that for those who have an aptitude and a feel for underwriting, uh, in our town here in the Hartford area, you could go pretty much anywhere. And, uh, and yet once you're there, what you're picking up on and you've just spoken about it eloquently is, is, and I'm representing a bunch of human beings here. I'm not just a technician. I am representing the history of this company. It's present, uh, brand in the marketplace, and I'm going to have something to do with its future in terms of the choices that I recommend. So yeah. that's, that's, uh, you know, that's in some ways that's job security, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is, but you know, you've got to have fun along the way. If it's not fun, um, it's not worth doing. And um, I'm having fun and I, I love getting out. I love that there's a balance between being in the office and then eventually, you know, once things, I know things are opening back up uh, given COVID, but now that things are opening back up, I can start traveling again, um, meet, going to new territories, new states. I mean, I think this is what jo- the job has allowed me. I'm, I've gone to so many different states that I would have never probably just dabbled on my own. Um, you know, especially some of like think some of the Midwest countries and, you know, yeah. there's much out there. Um, you know, I've done the East and the West coast, but I've never really gone on vacation anywhere in the middle of the country. And, uh, yeah got to experience that with with uh with work that will be that will be fun very illuminating uh if for one thing the distances between towns when you get further out there are incredible my, and and yet what and i'm also continuing my work in consulting for small town uh america with my long long-term friend bart russell and last year we ran uh the first award for the uh, volunteers in towns of under 5,000 around the country, uh, recognizing, you know, volunteers and how important civic volunteers were in particular. So we, we received nominations and this is the first year of the award for civic plus our client. We received nominations from all around, but it was for me a real pleasure as I was reading those nominations as one of the judges to see, uh, the stories that come up in just a few paragraphs from towns of a thousand, <laughs> eleven hundred, and one of our three uh, finalists uh, who won award for his uh, town, uh, his town was nine hundred. It was in Tennessee. His father was the mayor and the fire chief, and he was uh, also a captain in in this little fire department. But they worked with several other towns for fire protection and safety in places that it, 
you know, if you were out on the highway, you wouldn't even see them on your GPS. <laughs> Yet there were wonderful people living here. So you're going to have fun with that. You really are. Even, even if you're just going through to get to a bigger job, uh, stop and have, have a coffee at one of those coffee shops. It's, uh, get into some pretty damn nice conversation. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've already done quite a bit of those trips pre-COVID. Um, I'm just looking forward to get back in there and just meet some new people. And um, it, it expands your horizons. You end up kind of hearing different perspectives on the way of life. Um, I think as an East Coaster, we have a way of life versus a Southerner, um, you know, and, and that's okay. Uh, but you, you can kind of, you know, meet eye to eye and say, hey, well, this is how we do things. And this is how we, and that's okay. It's okay to have differences. Well, Bella, I am, I, I am so proud of you. I, I was delighted when I saw on LinkedIn that you, they announced, you know, that you'd taken on this new role and that we had a chance to reconnect LinkedIn, thank you. I'm going to keep tracking your progress now because uh, I I have this passion to understand the nature of practice, and the best way to understand it is to have a conversation with a really smart and caring and devoted practitioner. And that, folks, is Bella Pina. So thank you again. Thank you so much, Doc. I appreciate that. Thanks for listening to the Practice Podcasts, where we discuss practice with a capital P. If you'd like to hear more, listen in on Spotify, Automatic, and Apple Podcasts, or go to inactionresearch.com slash podcast dash page. And if you'd like to learn more about social inaction and the nature of practice, head over to inactionresearch.com for more information. Thank you for supporting this show. We look forward to hearing from you soon.